Happy Monday, Liberty Kitty Cats, and welcome back to the flagship Lions of Liberty podcast. And I've got quite a doozy here for you today. You're going to hear a much ballyhooed debate that's been talked about all over Libertarian Twitter, Libertarian Facebook, Libertarian Internet in general, as Dave Smith debates one of his big critics, Andy Craig. And as a result of this debate, we had an influx of patrons who wanted to listen to this debate early. Uh, you could do so at the $5 or higher level a month over on Patreon at patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty. That is how you join the Lions of Liberty Pride. That is how you support this program. Help us do everything it is we do to spread the message of liberty out there. And what a great time it is to be a patron because when you're a patron of this show, you get 20% off all merchandise at lionsofliberty.store. And we just released a brand new t-shirt, the Taxation is Death t-shirt. This one is a doozy. Spread the message of liberty. Let people know that taxation isn't just theft. It is death. It rains death upon the world in the form of bombs. I think you guys are going to love this shirt. Head over to lionsofliberty.store and check it out. And of course, if you join the Pride like so many did in the last few days, you can use that discount code to get 20% off your order. Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here's your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Claire. All right, kitty cats, I've got a special little treat for you today. I've got a couple gentlemen here who have been active in the libertarian movement and have had some disagreements on the internet. Very, very shocking for libertarians, I know. Uh, but I have agreed to moderate this conversation today, so let's just get right to it. Uh, with me first, he is a stand-up comedian. He is one of the infamous Legion of Skanks, as well as the host of the Part of the Problem podcast. Very pleased to welcome back Dave Smith. Dave, are you ready to roar? Roar, roar, motherfucker. All Let's right. Go. I think that's a yes. Uh, with me as well, he is a longtime Libertarian Party activist. He is the political director of the Libertarian Party Pragmatic Caucus and recent Dave Smith critic. I am happy to welcome Andy Craig. Andy, are you ready to roar? Uh, let's do it. All righty. Now, uh, guys, I think the biggest overall disagreements probably uh, between you guys overall is um, probably the over the pragmatist approach to selling the ideas of liberty. And that's where we'll try to focus, I think, a lot of this conversation. But before we get into that, you both did agree uh, before the show that the first thing we would address is Andy's accusation that he made on Twitter uh, towards Dave that Dave Dave is, quote, alt-right. So I don't want to waste too much time getting into that first. So, Andy, why don't you just go right into why you believe Dave is alt-right or represents the alt-right movement? in some way. Uh, and I think along the way there, it'll help everybody if you kind of just define what you mean by outright. So we're, so we're at least trying to not talk past each other from the beginning. Sure. Um, I mean, the short version of it is that uh, I would say somebody is more alt-right than libertarian if they uh, would categorize Stefan Molyneux as great and think Gary Johnson is awful. And that's, you know, just picking on two examples. Um but uh, I think they're pretty representative of the opposite approaches we have to these things. Now, when it comes to the definition of alt-right, um, that's something that I think there is a fair amount of nuance and discussion to be had about. Um, as these things go, these things get defined down over time as the people who wear these labels wear them out um, and destroy them and eventually disavow them. If you go back to 2015, 2016 or so, alt-right was a term used uh, openly by Steve Bannon to describe Breitbart and meant kind of broadly the anti-establishment populist wing of conservatism. 
And it's come to be associated more narrowly with racism and bigotry and Steve, you know, Stephen, uh, uh, Richard Spencer, rather, and all the, all that sort of stuff. Um, what I mean by the term is illiberal populism on the far right. Um, I've not called Dave a racist, and that's not what I, that's not the proposition I'm here to defend. Um, I think there's a lot of bad ideas about race and gender and bigotry uh, that are tied up in a lot of that, and that a lot of are tied up in the paleo strategy that uh, Dave embraces and advocates. Um, but when I say alt-right, that's my definition I'm working with is uh, illiberal populism on the far right. So I uh, just to, before I get to let Dave jump in here, are there are there, I guess, specific political positions uh, that you would outline that maybe you would say you've heard Dave agree with or, you know, I give maybe give a platform to however you want to define that specific positions that fall under that term that you think would define alt-right in the way you're, you're speaking of or maybe in terms of what you're referring to as the paleo strategy? Sure. Um, I think there are. I mean, one of one of the things that has certainly come up is um, talk about race and IQ uh, and that sort of stuff that I, you know, we can get further into that hostility to immigration, um, denouncing libertarian critics of alt-right figures, uh, people like Cantwell and Molyneux and Malkin and uh, Owen Benjamin, um, all people that, uh, that Dave, you know, has, has expressed very positive friendly views towards and kind of denounced their libertarian critics. Um, that would be one thing. Uh, illiberal attitudes towards protests and protesters and some of the recent events. Um, hostility towards uh, transgender individuals and trans rights that I think, um, you know, that, that's so that's those are some of the examples I would mention as uh, the things that separate what I would call the alt-right or the illiberal populist far right, whatever term you want to use for it, um, not libertarian in that direction, uh, views that I feel um, Dave has been one of the chief promoters of. All right. So you, you would put basically just a, a number of views under that label that as they sort of get that way, they're getting further away from libertarian, you know, what, what you believe libertarian messaging should be. Um, that, that's how I would take that. So Dave, I know there's a lot of different things in there to jump in with, but I'll just let you take it kind of from where, wherever you feel like you should first, maybe just with the overall idea of what being alt-right is or Andy's idea that you are alt-right. Yeah, well, I almost have to commend Andy. I mean, it's a it's a tough position to be in to defend the idea that I'm alt-right. And of course, you have to give a very broad definition for what alt-right could be. If it's going to encompass Jews who preach non-aggression, then I guess alt-right is not exactly what most people think the term alt-right means. From my perspective, the alt-right is essentially over. I don't really think it exists. They kind of had their big moment in 2017 when about 200 people had a march or an event. There was a counter protest. It became violent. It was a shit show. Most of America decided they didn't want any part of it. And it was pretty much dead the next year when they came back and 12 people got laughed out of that rally. Now, it's it's the reason why the alt-right is even a thing, why it's this boogeyman, why why people like Andy use it, it is for the same reason that the corporate press, Hillary Clinton, people like that use it as a term. It's because it's a good way to slander 
your opponents. The only reason why the alt-right even rose to national prominence is because it was a perfect tool for the corporate press to demonize Trump. They were like, yes, yeah, see, this is the Trump supporters. The truth is, these were people who did not have a lot of influence. Uh, Christopher Cantwell had a, had a tiny podcast, a, a tenth of the size of the audience that I have. I'm sure a smaller uh, audience than what you have, Mark. Uh, so. To, this to this day, Tom Woods has more followers than Richard Spencer does. But there's a reason why guys like us aren't you know, national figures, because we don't really suit the narrative that the corporate press is going for. Now, if you're just going to say that alt-right means a dissident right winger, or it means, uh, what did you say, illiberal uh, populist? I, I mean, I certainly wouldn't, I don't know what you mean by illiberal. We'd have to get into that a little bit more. But the idea that I'm, I'm alt-right is ridiculous. Uh, most people associate that term at this point with white nationalists. I've never in any sense promoted white nationalism. I think it's uh, frankly a retarded idea that is uh, a irrelevant and never going to happen and evil, um, at least evil if it's relying on government force, which I assume it is. Uh, as far as the other issues, uh, I mean, we can get into all of that stuff. This is all just such bullshit. The idea that I have that I'm against LGBT rights. I believe in rights for everybody. I believe everyone has self-ownership. A transgender person can, you know, they, they can do whatever they want to their body and call themselves whatever they want to. What I don't believe in is the idea that anybody who doesn't, uh, uh, you know, call them what they want to is somehow an evil person or anybody who thinks that they're biologically are two sexes is somehow an evil person. That's not denying somebody's rights. That's having a discussion. So that, that's just bullshit. Um, I don't have a problem with protesters. I have a problem with the violence that's been sweeping across the country with the murders, the assaults, the looting and the terrorizing of innocent civilians. By the way, that's not something that alt writers have a problem with. That's something that normal people have a problem with. That's why Joe Biden just gave a speech the other day condemning the, the violence because even Democratic voters who can put up with a lot are not putting up with this shit right here. So uh, I, I don't know what other policy you want to get into, but I would like to say since you, you, you know, you list off some people who I've had on my podcast, I guess I've been too friendly to them. Uh, so that makes me alt right now. I mean, I hate to break it to you, Mark, but you've had me on your podcast and been very friendly to me. So I think you just caught it. So Andy, you better make sure you're not too nice to, to Mark or you might catch this alt-right uh, disease as well. I'm kidding. Of course, none of you will catch it because this is the most idiotic logic I've ever heard in my life, if it can even be classified as logic. But you did say, I mean, you, you made some pretty specific claims. I screen grabbed one of them here. Uh, you said uh, on Twitter that... Um, that I am a man who uh, effusively praises Holocaust deniers, avowed racists, and his fellow alt-right trolls like Fuentes. Uh, Fuentes. So, I, I mean, I would just ask you, uh, when have I praised Holocaust deniers? Uh, sure, just give me one second. I've got the quote right here. Sure. So I will say, I think it's funny that you think... Uh, you know, there's nothing objectionable about not calling a trans person by what they like, but, you know, you're very picky about what you get called. 
Um, well, I think we have to define objectionable versus, you know, versus what someone is advocating in terms of force. If we're talking about, if we're talking about this through a libertarian filter. Um, so, I mean, would you disagree with Dave's perspective that, you know, when he fully agrees that they should have the same rights as anybody else, but might have a personal perspective about what somebody might be called? I mean, would you differentiate those things under the libertarian banner when we're really should be anyway, looking at things through the political lens, through that, you know, through the use of force? I mean, you can be, you can hold all sorts of abhorrent beliefs and say all kinds of nasty, awful things and not use force. Um, I don't think it helps libertarianism, and I don't think it's conducive to libertarian outcomes to associate libertarianism with those kinds of things. Um, but here, you know, here, here's what you said to Michelle Malkin. Uh, you know, uh, they did this or one of them's a Holocaust denier or something. I just don't care about any of that stuff. Um and then, you know, is that, is that about crazy? Nick, hold on, hold on. Is that let, crazy? Let me finish. You're the one who wanted to talk to me. Don't interrupt, Dave. Uh, all right, dude. I'm not the one who wanted to talk to you. You're calling me. You're labeling. You're the one who's talking to me on Twitter. I said, why don't you try to back that up? Actually, so far, I didn't you were tweet not. at you. You, you know, somebody else That's tagged right. you in a conversation and you grabbed right. it. So, right. So you but, were just tweeting at, uh, uh, okay, go ahead. Whatever. whatever tweeted at who first is kind of irrelevant. Yeah, who's let's, the try, let's try to focus. Yeah. Is. yeah, I'll, I'll give you Go ahead, Annie. Um, but, you know, talking to Nick Fuentes, who is a full-blown Holocaust denier, you said, oh, look, he's a Holocaust denier. Look at that. You were dismissive of the idea that anybody would check and say, OK, that's, you know, that's hilarious. Uh, to Nick Fuentes. On, on <laughs> What's the quote? Is interview. this supposed to be a quote? Oh, my God. All right. Go ahead. Can I speak now, Dave? Yeah, go ahead, Eddie. Thank you. So to Nick Fuentes on his show, let's just say that this is the starting point that 6 million Jews to the T, not 6 million one, exactly 6 million Jews died in the Holocaust. And somebody says, yeah, I don't believe it. Why is that the most horrible thing ever? It's like it's over. It's done with. Now, that's a verbatim quote. Now, if I can explain, I didn't say you're a Holocaust denier, and I'm not saying you are, but I think it's pretty idiotic that you don't you're going to pretend to not understand the context of that as if it's oh it's just some historiographical dispute about finding the right estimate as if that's not wrapped up in all the conspiracy theories and all the anti-semitic garbage that comes with it um you know and that's that's just one example when you when you talk to these people and you promote and you do promote them to libertarians i mean you're way hostile to a lot of libertarians than you ever are to them and you dismiss these criticisms of them when you say, oh, that's not a big deal. That doesn't really matter. It does matter that we're associating the ideas of peace and freedom and liberty and equal rights for all with this garbage. Uh, you know, and there's the pipeline is real. There have been a substantial number of libertarians, people who came out of the libertarian movement. Richard Spencer himself, the one who kind of, I don't think, coined it, but largely popularized the term alt-right, came straight out of uh, being a Ron Paul supporter, which I was too when I was, you know, back in 2007, 2008, I was a Ron Paul supporter. Um, but, you know, uh, when you talk to, to Molyneux about race and IQ and say, yeah, you're right, and you've got good points, this is, you know, you can spin it however you want. This is pandering to bigotry. This is taking these ideas into libertarian spaces and promoting them as, you know, packaging them as acceptable to things that libertarians should 
you know, if not accept, at least not care about and are wrong to object to. Um, and that's not a corporate press talking point. That's not something that came from Hillary Clinton. You can think Stefan Molyneux and Nick Fuentes are a piece of shit and not like Hillary Clinton and not be taking it from the New York Times or whatever. All you have to do is look at what these people say. And when they come on your show and, and you, you know, hold them up as these brave, politically incorrect saying things that others dare wouldn't. Yeah, that's putting a stamp of endorsement on it. That's that's more than just, oh, I'll talk to anybody. That's not just, oh, I'll, I'll you know, I'll have a, a, you know, Vice News interviews Chris Cantwell or whatever. Nobody is confused about them being sympathetic. You told him you're sympathetic to the alt-right. That's an exact quote. So, no, this, you know, you can you can try to pass this off as, oh, you know, I just I just uh, I'm just willing to talk to anybody and and I'm just, you know, willing to have an interview with with anybody. And, I'll you know, but uh, I, I I just disagree. And I think, OK, but you're disagreeing with yourself. I didn't say that. So go ahead. I mean, finish. All right. I've I've never said I'll interview anybody. I just hate this thing where I'm right here. So you're like saying what I say for me and then saying you disagree with it. We started there with you claiming that I praised Holocaust deniers and you haven't shown anything that you could even stretch into me praising Holocaust deniers. You also accuse me of leaving out context. The context of the quote that you pulled from when I was talking to uh, Nick Fuentes was Ben Shapiro uh, saying that Nick Fuentes was joking around with a commenter on his chat about Holocaust deniers. Now, my point was that when you have a neocon war hawk like Ben Shapiro saying, look how horrible these people who deny the Holocaust are. I was just getting into the controversial area and saying, you know what? I mean, truthfully speaking, as a Jew who's the grandson of a Holocaust survivor who very much knows it's real, my family was slaughtered in the Holocaust, I'm saying I actually find it far more offensive to be promoting the current Holocausts happening in Yemen, Syria, the, uh, Iraq, Libya, um, than I do for someone who says, I don't believe a Holocaust that happened in the 40s happened. Uh, That's the point that I'm making. That is such a ridiculous, dishonest uh, representation of that to say, I'm praising Holocaust deniers. It's just inaccurate. Ridiculous false dichotomy. I think you can be anti-war and think Holocaust denial is obviously, obviously that's what I am. I'm anti-war and I'm a, a grandson of a Holocaust survivor. My point, it's not a ridiculous dichotomy. I was speaking about a man who is those things, who is a war hawk, promotes these wars and is saying Holocaust denial is the worst thing ever. That's the point. That's the context. If you want to talk more about context, when you when you uh, bring up that quote that uh, I said um, that I said I'm largely sympathetic to the alt right to Christopher Cantwell, you are absolutely and probably intentionally leaving out the context of that. What I said was, I'm v- and by the way, the the guy who made that meme that you shared, he even admitted this after months and months of of people like posting the audio of it to him and him pretending that he hadn't seen it. Even he finally admitted 
appreciated it. Someone sent me the screenshot of it. But what I said was more or less, look, I'm sympathetic to the alt-right, and I, I think you guys are unfairly portrayed in some ways. But if you're out there marching with people who have swastika flags on, I'm not going to be any part of that, and I won't endorse it or recommend anybody to, because those, the Nazis slaughtered my family. It was a truly evil movement, yeah. something yeah. along those lines. I so know. if you want to, if you want to, yeah, I know you know, yet you dishonestly just take that yeah. one part out of context. This is like the low. And listen, I'm not saying that you can't hate Hillary Clinton and that you're taking your points directly from the New York Times. I'm saying what you're engaging in is social justice warrior bitch shit. And that's the same shit they do. It's dishonest. And it's and it's this is the reason why, like you say, it's bad for for the libertarian message to say that, you know, you have a right to have whatever feelings you have about gender. I think embracing this shit is bad for the libertarian message. And I wish that some of you guys would take the hint that no one responds well to this. No one's getting on board with this message. Well, you, you thought it important enough to want to get on here and, you know, chew me out about it. But let me. Uh, OK, so how does that disprove that, what that, I just that, said? Yeah, that, 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 that. Now, when you say, I mean, I'll acknowledge that. Yeah, you said actually running around waving a swastika, you know, when you were chatting up the guy two days after uh, the woman was murdered in Charlottesville. Um, yeah, that, I, I, that's that's the line you can always draw. There's always something worse. You can you can say I don't go there. But what what is the what is the media narrative of the alt right that you think is so unfair? What what is it? What is it? What is it about it that you're sympathetic to that you had in mind when you said that? What what is it about the alt right that I'm sympathetic to? Yeah, that, that I believe that was a, was something you had said to Chris Cantwell. I believe on when he when he was on your show. I believe from it maybe not his, but but. Well, uh, what I'm sympathetic to about the alt-right is that largely I see them as a reactionary movement very clearly against the uh, social justice warrior, PC, authoritarian, woke leftists who I despise and the neocon uh, war hawks of the Republican establishment who I also despise. So I'm sympathetic to a group of people who are like basically giving the middle finger to two groups that I really hate. And in addition to that, I think that the uh, outrageous, uh, completely normalized uh, racism toward white people, which dominates... <laughs> Yeah, I know you you laugh about it. Um, but You're right. I do laugh at it because yeah, it's, it's fucking absurd, man. Yeah. Go read White Fragility. Tell me that's not absurd. I think that being completely normalized is wrong. And I understand why people are upset by that. And of course, as a counter argument, you're reduced to pretending to laugh. <laughs> All right. Andy, can so you address whether you you're pretending to laugh or not? Racism is a bigger problem than, you know, all the hit you. You know, you said that before that you think the degree racism is around and a real problem. It's really anti-white racism that's the bigger problem. You know, I just I mind bogglingly ignorant about the history of the United States and the things that are within living memory and still going on. Right. But, you're, but again, you're you arguing say, things I didn't but this, say. Th but now let me go back to what you said about why you're sympathetic to the alt-right, because, well, the establishment hates them. And this gets to my disagreement no, with But, but I didn't say that. Can you ever deal with what I said? Are you capable of that? <laughs> yeah. I, what What did I just misrepresent? You just said what, they, I didn't they, say I'm sympathetic, sympathetic because to them of the because ways the, that they 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 hate all the all the people you also hate. That right. But that's I not because the like. establishment. What you just said is that I said that I'm sympathetic to the alt right because the establishment hates them. That's not what I said. I also, by the way, did not say. If you were going to ask me, do I think that in Jim Crow South? 
uh, racism against black people was worse than today racism against white people is? Of course. You're literally just you. you I have didn't to say put in the words into my South. mouth. I'm talking about right now today. No, what you said was in, in past memory. So that's what I'm referring to. Uh, so I said it, again, that stuff is in living memory, which right. is part of the context of the present day. But anyway, that's go what on, I'm Dave. responding to. All right, let's try to focus here a little bit because I, I think I, I think Andy right. I, I think Andy's one, biggest one, one point I do want to make if I can get through a it. sentence without right. Dave losing his shit. Um, so you know the alt right is they're they're against the social justice woke left and you hate them and they're against the neocons and you hate them, and this goes to the nub of my disagreement with this whole paleo strategy that I know you're perfectly familiar with, and I know you've advocated, and I'm sure you've read the essay I'm about to refer to. It goes back to 1992. Uh, Murray Rothbard wrote an essay called The Paleo Strategy, Right-Wing Populism. I think that's the title. Have to, But it starts off with, you know, several paragraphs going on about David Duke. And, well, you know, Bush hated him, and the, and the establishment Republican types that we disagree with so much hated him, and and then, you know, look at that. Isn't that isn't that great? And, you know, I mean, you really have to make a decision at some point. Do you hate the left or do you actually love liberty? Because that's not the same thing. There's all sorts of evil ideologies out there that hate some of the same ideologies libertarians pose. That doesn't make them friends. It doesn't make them allies. It doesn't make, you know, it doesn't make them people to, to be sympathetic and whitewash what they is they actually believe and advocate. It, it's this this is just <laughs> it, it's ridiculous. And when we, you get into the the present day and your assertion that anti-white racism is the is the bigger problem. Um, I mean, if if these aren't alt right ideas then the term has been defined out of existence, like you tried to starting it. You started it off by saying there's no such thing as the alt-right anymore, basically. It doesn't exist anymore. There's no So, you know, if that's your definition that nobody is is can be called that, then okay, sure, yeah. <laughs> it, it's your insistence that there is no such thing. Um, but, no, these are, these are not the ideas of peace and freedom and a, and a civil society based on the principles that libertarians advocate. Uh, th this stuff leads to dark, nasty places. It has caused the movement no end of problems over the years that we have people like you playing footsie with this crap. And, you know, and then and then, well, the big, you know, the bigger problem is the left. The bigger problem is the is the woke social justice warriors and all the rest of it. I, it's it's not an either or. That's that's a false dichotomy. Well, I think who, I can. I think I can. I think dichotomy. we can condemn the people that are pushing all this kind of crap without you know while while still being actual libertarian. Isn't that part of the whole point of libertarianism? We're supposed to stand apart from all of these things, all of these authoritarian ideologies, all of these evils, and we can oppose all of them. It's not a matter of picking and choosing between them. Who said it was? You, that's why you said you're sympathetic. They they mm -hmm. they hate the other ideologies that you despise more. Right. 
I didn't say we have to pick one. I said being sympathetic doesn't make you something. By the way, for the record, I've also on my podcast said that I'm sympathetic uh, toward Black Lives Matter. I've said I'm sympathetic toward Bernie supporters. I said I'm sympathetic toward uh, Tulsi supporters. I've actually said I'm sympathetic toward Al Qaeda. It's weird. You have no problem with any of that. Uh, that seems like that the worst seem, one. I don't know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but I, I got to say that it to me probably too, but I guess not do, to do, Andy. Do That's have, not as bad. Do you have Al Qaeda terrorists on your show and tweet about how great they are? No, you got some. Uh, you got an email for. Uh, can, can I get one of them? I'm on willing there? to moderate that one. Well, I don't know if I did. Would you, is that would you describe them in the same terms you used to describe? I mean, that's that's Malinu well, and no invention. Let, let's ask. A, oh, let's, try, uh, let's try to focus no, on your. I, I, I don't. I don't think of Stefan Molyneux as, as Al Qaeda. I'm sorry. I know you do. I didn't. <laughs> I guess the question. What do, what do you think of him? Why did okay? Let a, answer me this. What 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 about Stepan Molyneux? This you know, goon cult leader peddling the ridiculous outright white supremacist shit that he pushes. What 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 prompted you to call him great and insist oh. you know he's somebody who's, who who we should look up to. Oh, well, I never said he's somebody we should look up to, but I did uh, refer to him as the great Stefan Molyneux. And I've uh, explained this time and time again. I, 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 it's, uh, look, I, I can explain it one more time if you'd like. Uh, I call Stefan Molyneux great because uh, two major things. Number one, um, he has probably introduced the ideas of libertarianism and anarcho-capitalism with the exception of Ron Paul, He's probably done more than anybody else in my lifetime to introduce these ideas, which I really care about and really love to a lot of different people. And the other thing is that he's a huge advocate of peaceful parenting, which I actually think is more important than any of this shit, uh, to be completely honest. And I, I think he's done great work there. Um, so, yeah, I, I, refer to him as great I, I, I hate to reasons. break it to you, Dave. There's people out there that tell you not to hit your kids who also don't throw a fit about interracial relationships. Okay. Uh, I don't think I've heard Stefan Molyneux throw a fit about interracial relationships, but I, I also just don't trust um, your characterization of what other people say, seeing as how we've clearly established that you've already lied about what I say. Um, you so, haven't clearly established anything. But when, you can okay, let's do it one more time. Dave. Let's do it one more time. When did I praise a Holocaust denier? I, when you had Nick Fuentes on your show and said, you know, oh, you're so brave and I like what you're doing, man. I mean... I don't have your whole transcripts of nine out, you know, every yeah, but podcast you're making, you've ever done. But, but these you're are making people. the accusation. So where can you back this up? When have I praised a Holocaust denier? Isn't that Fuentes a Holocaust denier? Anybody can go watch the damn clip of when yeah. you had Fuentes on your show sure. and see it for themselves. Yeah. Yeah, they sure can. And, I, I and think this, the big... this idea, you know, this, this idea that you will you will rant and rave against perfectly ordinary mainstream orthodox libertarians and then you treat these people with kid gloves you know you'll come out you come after me with all this you come after anybody who's you know people who and granted i i mentioned you i said i don't like you and i explained why and you know whatever but Andy, you, thought, you know you, Andy, Andy, I'm coming what? at you because you're slandering me and lying about me. It's not because you're a libertarian. Uh, one more time. I mean, I, I don't know how else to say this. This is so obvious. You're literally you're caught. Here. Listen, uh, Mark, you set up an episode that I just had on a, on part of the problem where Chris Spangle came on. Yeah, and, I don't know how I became he, the uh, the great torchbearer here for all you. Sure, you sure but. did. But so you uh, so you set that up. He came on. I played a clip that he was claiming I said something that I had never said, and he said, "Hey, I apologize. I got that one wrong. 
uh, you know what? You're right. You never actually said that. I moved on. I said, no problem. I respect the guy. There's not a problem with that. Andy, you're clearly here caught claiming that I said something that I did not say. And now you're just trying to move the goalposts and you're wondering why I'm hostile toward you. You're claiming that I did a horrible thing. You're basically going around saying I'm a horrible person. This guy praises Holocaust deniers and you can't back it up for shit. You're, you're, all you've got is go, go listen to the episode. Yes, go listen to the episode. I promise you will never hear me praise a Holocaust denier well if you feel like just lying through your teeth here whatever I oh, mean, that's, this a, is getting to the point of you're so of, full you of know. shit dude god damn it. i, I don't right, think we whatever. have time to Go listen ahead. to the full nick vendas episode uh, right now but i, I think that well, exactly i mean big... this is this is the gish gish gallop tactic of of you know i mean uh uh, uh where if somebody who can't look at you having all these people on and all the on all the all the all the good things you say about them you're standing up to the social justice warrior mob and that's great and yada 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 and, and see the pattern here then you know it, it, it is what it is there, there's no the, the 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 denial of it is ridiculous well i'm not denying that i had these people on my podcasts uh obviously i'm denying that what that the lie that you said was is true, but whatever. Um, it, yeah, look, I've had some controversial figures on my podcast and I've had some friendly conversations with them. Uh, that's not exclusive to people on the right. I've had lots of conversations with people on the left and you don't seem to have a problem with any of that. I had Joe Jorgensen on and was very complimentary to her. I've had lots, I've had lots more libertarians than anything else on my show. Um, but yeah, the idea that you're saying because I've had friendly conversations with several people that you can draw some conclusion from that, I, I, I got to say, is a, an astoundingly weak argument. Well, and, you know, you want to insist, how dare you say I praise these people? I... No, nope, not these people. That's that's no, nope, sorry, that's not what the conversation was about. Yeah, well, nice goalpost shift. I think the biggest point of contention, well, there's a lot of points of contention. I mean, talk the, about shifting goalposts, Mr. The Alt-Right doesn't exist. Hey, kitty cats, I know you're enjoying this back and forth, but I got to take a quick time out to pay some bills and tell you about our friends over at Lorenzotti Italy, which you can find over at lorenzotti.coffee, not .com. These guys are not only great coffee connoisseurs and entrepreneurs, they're also libertarians. They're also listeners of this show. They are also Patreon supporters of this show. So they are the kind of person that you want to support. So if you are a coffee drinker, please do head over to laurenzotti.coffee. That's laurenzotti.coffee, not .com. Use discount code LIONS at checkout for 10% off your order. And what's great about these guys, they don't just sell coffee. They also help people set up their own coffee shops. They have financing. Uh, they can rent equipment. They do so much to not only provide coffee for people, but also to help set up other people as entrepreneurs in that same space. What an awesome concept. So please do head over to Lauren Zotti, L-O-R-E-N-Z-O-T-T-I, laurenzotti.coffee. And don't forget to use discount code LIONS for 10% off your order. <laughs> I don't think you guys are going to agree on, well, maybe anything, but I don't think you're going to agree on the definition of the alt-right or what it means in the modern political contest. So why don't we try to focus just a little bit for a moment on maybe just a couple things. Because I think you're probably not going to agree on on whether Dave should have certain figures on. 
or not. Um, but I guess, I guess the, the question is that maybe we can go back to what we kind of jokingly said a few minutes ago when you mentioned maybe having someone from Al Qaeda on. Dave, do you think there is like any kind of limit of what someone's maybe beliefs could be, even if their beliefs you're not even talking about on the particular episode or even if it's not involved in a particular subject? Are there, is there a limit to you of like a, a guest you might not want to have on or might not want to associate your show with, even approaching it from a friendly or critical manner just because of certain beliefs they have? Like, would you have a, literally a leader of Al Qaeda on if they wanted to come on? Yeah, I if, if, I thought, I if I thought I it would, would be, actually. I, I would. Yeah, if I thought it would be an interesting conversation, sure, absolutely. I, I think that would, I think that would be really fascinating and an important uh, uh, thing to have out there. Uh, yeah. Sure, and I'll, I'll say my, that's not my objection. I, you know, uh, all sorts of news outlets interview crazy, reprehensible people. I'm not objecting to talking to them. I'm objecting to agreeing with them. Yeah, I think all types of news outlets uh, are made up of crazy, objectionable people, to be honest. So the the thing is that, and this is where I, I think to me, right, like where my mindset is, is that I actually think that um, people who are anti-war, uh, to me, I look at in many senses as being less horrible uh, even if they have some other abhorrent views than somebody who's completely respectable but supports all of these wars. So me and you might have just have different priorities. I mean, I think like, for example, I know you worked uh, for Bill Weld's campaign. I think somebody- I worked for Gary Johnson's campaign, but never mind. Johnson Weld, I think they were supposed to govern as a partnership, but that's right. Isn't that what we're talking about? The Johnson Weld campaign? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Am, am I wrong Gary. about that? No, I, I'm sorry. I don't know much about you. So am I wrong about that? Or did you work for the Johnson no, I Weld? I worked for Gary. Yeah, that's right. The Brett year that he ran with Bill Weld, right? He did. Oh, okay. Just making sure I'm getting that right. So I, I don't want to misrepresent people. That's not what I do. Um, <laughs> so the fact that uh, Bill Weld was a lobbyist for Raytheon, the fact that he was a huge war hawk, supported the war in Iraq, supported George Bush and Dick Cheney's foreign policy. And this is not just some powerless person who has bad ideas. You're talking about like a very powerful guy. I mean, I find that to be uh, like a hundred thousand times more abhorrent than somebody who has, you know, some racist views or something like that. I, and I don't really see how any libertarian uh, could say that, say some person who's completely powerless, who maybe doesn't like people of a different race is nearly as bad as vicious state aggression, mass murder against some of the most vulnerable people on the planet living in third world countries. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I just, I don't even think they're comparable. Well, for one thing, Dave, I'm no less anti-war than you. Uh, My formative political experience growing up was the Iraq War. I've seen my classmates uh, and family members go over there to those wars. And and I I see ground to nobody on being just absolutely as opposed to all of those things. Um, But when you dismiss, you know, oh, it's just somebody's personal opinions about race. What does it really matter? That is ignorant of the real history of this country where racial terrorism has been one of the biggest if not the biggest motivating ideology behind state oppression it's and and driving straight through to today with mass incarceration and the war on drugs and people getting shot by cops in the street and george taylor uh, uh, or uh, george floyd and brianna taylor and all of these sorts of things this is not some Oh, that he has a distasteful personal opinion. He likes mauve, and that's an ugly color. That's not what this is about. These things do have direct 
connections to fueling and being a big part of state aggression and oppression against people. And if you dismiss that as not mattering, then we don't share the same ideology. Yeah, well, I certainly never did dismiss any of that as not mattering. Um, as far as the things you're talking about, I'm passionately against the war on drugs. I, I always have been. I've always said it's my number one uh, domestic uh, issue that I think is just absolutely horrible. As far as you saying you won't cede any ground to me and you're just as anti-war as me, well, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't support the Gary Johnson Weld ticket because of Bill Weld uh, being a war hawk. So I don't know that you are as anti-war as me. You can say that, but it doesn't seem to be as big of a priority to you. I also don't think that it's fair to say that, you know, if somebody's Fox News watching uncle has some, you know, views about different races that aren't exactly politically correct, that he Not now exactly owns. Politically correct. No, I'm, yes, I'm making it a little bit more concrete terms, Dave, instead of dancing around it. No, I'm literally, literally using a hypothetical. I'm saying if there's somebody who would be considered politically incorrect, they're Fox News watching uncle. Yeah, I don't think that, that incorrect let is me a finish the term. Say what you mean, Dave. No, that's, that's what I mean. Uh, politically incorrect Fox News watching uncle. I don't think that that person now owns the history of Jim Crow and racial terrorism and the war on drugs and things like that. Listen, people and libertarians are going to have to accept this to some degree. People, we cannot get into the, uh, the business of thought control. People have views about other races as somebody who's like, I don't know if you like where you're from or what your background is. I grew up in Brooklyn. I don't know if you've ever hung out with like black dudes in the hood before. They have some racist views. Also, Asians have some racist views. Jews have some racist views. White people have racist views. It's not really like, I I don't know, as long as you're not really shitty to people and as long as you're not, uh, you don't condone violence, that is to me just in a different league than talking about statism and people who actually support these horrific policies. And I don't think they should all be lumped together. I don't that think that is that does the base of for support anyone. for these horrific policies. I don't think so. Well, I mean, and, and, you know, when you sit, when you dance around politically incorrect, I mean, you know, when you defended uh, to John Hudak uh, that, or, uh, you know, calling Stefan Mala new great, and, and you talked about race and IQ, you know, a verbatim quote, uh, the disparities between race and IQ, that shit is a scientific fact. And and these are not, you know, oh, vague, mushy, I don't I, I don't get along with with those sorts of people sentiments. These uh, this is the base of support that leads to the policies of the war on drugs, of mass incarceration, of state discrimination. So for you to you just hand wave it away is irrelevant. I, I don't think that's that you, then you're not ever going to tackle any of those problems. If if that's your attitude is, well, well, people are people are bigots and there's nothing ever to be done about it. Um, I, no, moral progress is possible. And we have made a lot of moral progress as a society on this question. Um, but, the, the, you know, I, I think it is just mind bogglingly ignorant for somebody like you to say, well, the bigger problem with racism today is anti-white racism. Like Um, what what, what reality are you living in? What, uh, what, what the point I was getting at when I said that, and probably, I I mean, I don't remember offhand where, uh, what podcast that was in, but I like, I'm sure I, I put this into context when I said it, which I'm sure you don't want to give is that it is far more socially acceptable 
uh, today to throw out anti-white, you know, opinions than anything else. And I think pretty much every reasonable person listening to this knows exactly what I'm talking about. If the book White Fragility was about black fragility, it not only would it not be a New York Times bestseller, the career, it never would have been published and the career of the person would be ruined. That is not to say that the conditions of some poor black kid growing up in Camden, New Jersey, or in the uh, in the hood in Baltimore or something like that, that he has a better life, uh, that he that obviously he has a much worse circumstance. And there's lots of forces at, at work there. I'm just talking about in terms of overt, acceptable racism. That is what's more acceptable in our society today. In terms as far as the race and IQ stuff goes, if you actually listen to what I said, I took about as as uncontroversial a position on it as you could. I basically <laughs> said, okay, I basically said, look, there has been a lot of scientific data that shows that there are different IQs amongst different racial groups. And I don't really know what causes that. And I actually spoke off podcast to one uh, expert, like a legit expert uh, in the subject. She's a, a uh, psychoanalyst, one of the most respected psychoanalysts in New York City, a professor at Columbia, and uh, she specializes in childhood development. And mm-hmm. she basically told me and broke it down for me that she goes, the truth is we really don't know exactly what leads to IQ and environment has a huge, huge, uh, uh, is a huge factor. Um, and, and we really don't know exactly why there are these disparities amongst uh, uh, different groups. And my guess would be that uh, environment has a lot to do with it. And so as a libertarian, I really think what we should focus on are the policies that we know will make these things better, um, uh-huh. namely to end the war on drugs end the welfare state uh, and, and, you know, the, basically down the libertarian line. I mean, and that so was more or less my take. You want, you want to put this in context. Let's put the, your discussion of race and IQ in context. That's not what you were defending. What you were defending is people who object to Stefan Molyneux who uses this garbage to justify state aggression against people. Mm. That's, you know, oh, okay. I mean, if you, if you, if you're talking about, I mean, that, that's where, that's where this stuff, that's the broader context that you can't strip this out of and pretend it's just some mildly interesting academic question. These are the, the talking points coming from people using them in this way and that you were defending to justify, you know, well, we can't we can't have non-white immigration because that'll lower our average IQ, um, or you know, Hans Hermann Hoppe who dresses the same, uh, you know, gussied up phrenology crap up by calling it time preference. Um, these ideas do have consequences. These ideas are not, you know, oh well, that's an interesting academic discussion. Um, let's let's you know, may, who knows, maybe whatever. Uh, the reason these came up, the reason you were talking about it at all is because you were defending against this exact criticism, somebody who uses that exact argument to justify the things you say you don't support in terms of state aggression and oppressive policies. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't even know what to say to that. No, what I was saying was that even though I'm not particularly interested in the topic of race and IQ, I think that Stefan Molyneux is allowed to talk to different experts. And he's also had different experts on the show who who argue that it's completely uh, environmental. He had that uh, that guy Flynn on, who I think is like the biggest proponent of that. Uh, listen, Again, you can have whatever problems you have with Stefan Molyneux or Hans Hermann Hoppe. Uh, I've benefited a lot from both of their work. I also don't think that you are um, 
very accurately or charitably representing what their views are. And the idea that their views lead to state violence, I think, is an incredibly thin no, stretch that, that, that you're going to have trouble state violence. Their views advocate state violence. Mm. Okay. I think you're wrong about that. Well, that one's probably yeah. going to require a whole nother podcast yeah. to, uh, to fully break down. Um, I mean, we can, we can get into it. How Hoppe wants state agents to administer IQ tests for the avowed purpose of screening out non-white immigrants as his proxy. I mean, this is, this is the, the <laughs> you know, I never I mean, read the, that one, but uh, never, that, never heard we, that one we, myself. We can go down that one if we want. I mean, <laughs> well, heck, yes. why not? Yes, I'd have to. You should, I, I just you should be more familiar with the people you defend. Then I, I got to say, Andy, at this point, I'd have to see uh, some evidence on that. I'm not really feeling like just taking your uh, your word on on what he said. Well, I don't trust you either. So here okay. we are. But I'm not asking you to trust me. I'm not asking you to trust me. This is for the purpose of the audience. I don't care what you walk away from this thinking. All right, mm, let's try okay. to focus away because I, I think on um, a lot of things. Obviously, you guys aren't going to agree on in terms of you know, who Dave should have on a show or not. Um, I, I think the main contention seems to me to be that Andy thinks maybe if you're, if you're someone like Dave, who's out there preaching a libertarian message, preaching the ideas of Liberty, that there are people with certain views. Is it that, is that you think that Dave shouldn't associate with them or have them on? Or is that you, is it that you think that he should be pushing back? Oh, I want to be perfectly clear about this. Yeah. I am not objecting to merely talking to or interviewing or confronting or having a discussion with somebody because they have these bad ideas. I'm objecting to defending and praising and agreeing with them. And do you believe Dave has agreed with non-libertarian ideas that they're making? Because I think that's what really yes. should matter to us. Yes. Okay. And and those non-libertarian ideas, would those be particular discussion of race and IQ? Would you think even having that discussion would be something that leads to what you're saying is, you know, these things lead directly to the state action. So is, is your general argument that even having that discussion and I, I don't know if you, I mean, because from what I've seen, I don't know if you can say Dave has praised those specific things that they have discussed. Uh, I think he's pre, like Dave mentioned earlier, he's praised them as you know general people. But you, would you think that he should be saying, you know, if, if I have Stephen, if, if Dave has Stephen Molyneux on, he should say like I had the horrible Stephen Molyneux on who believes X, Y, and Z. I mean, wh <laughs> what 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 is the point of, of at which you think someone should be praising or not or criticizing or not someone they have on as a guest and their overall work? Because that's something I I think about too when I have people on. I I mean, you know, I. I have people on that I oftentimes disagree with this too as well. And that doesn't mean I agree with them. There's a lot of my guess I agree with or don't agree with, but I'm here to have an interview. I'm here to get their views out whether or not I fully agree with them. So maybe that's just a, a philosophy thing when it comes to running a show. I mean, there's certainly different approaches to interviewing and whatnot, but, uh, uh, like I said, no, my objection is not that libertarians can't talk to non-libertarians, that libertarians can't ever speak to or be seen in the same place with people who hold evil ideas, um, I'm saying you shouldn't <laughs> you shouldn't agree with them, you know. And this, you know, the race and IQ thing. Before, we, I mean, I know we're kind of beating that a bit, but it, it, not only is it is it a lot of factually garbage stuff underlying that whole discussion, um, but it's it's like the Holocaust denial thing. These things cannot be. It, it is not about just you know innocently questioning whether the estimate is right. Um, it's not some. These are not just you know uh, uh, academic ideas floating out in the air, stripped of their political context and the the arguments people are using them to make when you defend and 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 say you know there's nothing wrong with that and oh it's all just it's all just woke social justice warriors making much ado about nothing. Dave, 
What do you got? Um, I mean, you can, you know, again, you're, you're just kind of, uh, you can say that, um, when people, if people question the Holocaust numbers, that's not just some academic discussion. There's really ugly shit underneath there. If people talk about race and IQ, that's not just an academic discussion. There's really ugly shit underneath there. Quite possibly in, in a lot of cases, in some other cases, it might just be a legitimate academic uh, discussion. Either way, libertarians need to be able to grapple with these arguments and take them on. You know, the reason why I, basically Andy's not upset that I have these people on my podcast. He's upset that I'm not hysterically screaming you're a racist at them while I have them on my podcast. And I'll tell you, Andy, the reason why there has been a libertarian to alt-right pipeline or whatever over the last few years is precisely because libertarians were unwilling or unable to grapple with a lot of these ideas. I am not the reason there's a libertarian to alt-right pipeline. I have gotten hundreds of messages of people that I've pulled back out of that pipeline because they see that I'm, I'm willing to treat these people like adults. I'm willing to say, okay, we have a difference of opinion. Let's have a civil discussion about this. And they walk away from it realizing that eh, actually Dave's making some good points and we can like, maybe, I, maybe I've gone a little bit too far in this direction. Um, so I just think that, you know, truthfully speaking, you can have, you know, you can feel however you feel about who I should have on my show or how I should treat them on, on my show. You're, you're welcome to go do your own show and do things your own way. And let's see if you can, you know, like reach a lot of people and convince a lot of people of this message. I've brought tens of thousands of people into the liberty movement. I've introduced these ideas to a lot of people and helped convince a lot of people that this is the way to go. I think that the way I'm doing it works pretty well. I'm not afraid to talk about any of these controversial subjects. And I think that when people like you basically ascribe the worst of intentions to anybody who will go into these controversial areas, it, um, I, I think that it's unfair and it does all of us a disservice. And also just... I, I, I know, I, know uh, I, have, I have some friends who've, who've worked on basically cult deprogramming people out of alt-right neo-nazi white power skinhead groups uh and this is not how they do it uh they don't they don't have people on and say hmm, yes you might have a good point about that maybe blacks really do have lower iqs what are we going to do about that that's not how you do it no but i never again i never said any of that but okay um you, you call it that shit is a scientific fact verbatim talking about believe, disparities between race and iq do you believe that the average iq uh, differentiates amongst racial groups no, I, I don't. I'll, 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 let, me, let me put a point on that. I don't think an actual level of general intelligence. I mean, you can you have all sorts of standardized. Tests, but how about how about the and question IQ that I asked? is one among many that measures a specific thing and has specific narrow uses within psychology. But if okay. you're talking about a general level of intelligence, no, I don't believe white people are on average smarter than black people. Do you believe that IQ differentiates on average between different racial groups? I just answered your question. It's a yes or no. I just answered the damn question. You no, have, you know, no, you said something else. I missed which the is yes fine. or no in there, so maybe you could just clarify because yeah. I wasn't certain. About First, you did no. answer my question. You said no, and then you you no. immediately backtracked on it and said something about general intelligence and how it doesn't. I, 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 you can. Have, I think you can have tests that that you know for all kinds of reasons have. Uh, show disparities, but the idea that underlying that is an actual biological difference in intelligence, no. 
Well, I never said it was biological. Uh, Andy, is your is your contention here? It sounds to me like you're saying that you think that IQ is basically just a faulty measurement of intelligence, but m- might agree that whatever part, studies they do have, ninety nine percent of the things it's used for, and a hundred percent of the time it's brought up in pol- political discussions. Yeah. Stephen Hawking was once asked what his IQ was, and he says, I have no idea. People who brag about it are losers. And people who, you know, make a big huff about the average of people with the same skin color as them are even worse. Yeah. So just to be fair, I mean, I certainly this isn't a topic that I make a big huff about. I've never done a podcast on this topic. I mentioned it once offhand uh, on a podcast. It's more than once. Really, really not something that I uh, am particularly interested in. Well, where do we go from here, gentlemen? Uh, I I do want to talk a little bit just as as we wind things down, because a lot of this is just comes down to, I think, your different perspectives that are probably never going to change. And uh, like like Andy said, I think we do this. The reason I'm doing this is just for the audience, for everyone to hear this out. Um, But I think the bigger just taking away from the personal differences over Dave's show and Dave's positions and what Andy might have might think. Um, I think your bigger overall philosophies are what are, are might be a little different that a lot of other libertarians can relate to. Um, Andy, like I said, you're the political director of the Pragmatist Caucus. Dave has been specifically critical of that Pragmatist strategy. Uh, so maybe before we wrap up, we can just get into that a little bit. Maybe step away from the personal stuff a little bit and talk a little bit more about the overall ideas of how to message libertarianism because you do obviously have very different approaches to doing sure. that or, or to how that should be done. So Andy, I'll let you start. Just if you just want to say, maybe give just a little, a little, a uh, few minutes here about what, why you associate with a pragmatist caucus and just kind of define what that is, the pragmatist approach, why you think it's the best approach. The, the caucus and being pragmatic, um, those are not ideological positions. I mean, I have my very strong negative personal opinions about the whole paleo shtick. Um, but Uh, When I talk about pragmatism in the context of the Libertarian Party, I'm talking about nuts and bolts, electioneering, campaigns, um, you know, knowing how to organize door knockers, knowing how to do competent messaging, knowing how to pick a winnable race, uh, knowing what makes for a good candidate, um, knowing what's more or less likely to earn votes, um, you know, and being conscious of all those things and applying them in a way that you know reaches the the ultimate goal of any political party um to put people who believe like we believe into public office um so you know when i i i don't uh when i talk about it being pragmatic that's not that's not the same thing as being a moderate or being centrist or um you know where you are on left versus right-leaning libertarian or any of that um that's just about encouraging the party to uh you know, learn and apply what it, how elections are won. So that's, that's, uh, that's my brief description of that. I guess, Dave, do you have any contention with just what Andy describes of his view of pragmatism, just in the terms of focusing on the election aspect, uh, the winnable races aspect? I mean, it being a political party, I suppose it has to do those things. So do you have any contention with that versus how you might define a pragmatic approach messaging wise? Um, well, I, I guess I don't have any problem with that. I mean, what do I have a problem with organizing door knocking or something like that or working within the party? I think that's, you know, it's that's important work. And I'm glad that some people are uh, are willing to do it. It's not particularly something that interests me. Um, but, good, you know, more power to you. I don't really have a problem with any of the different caucuses in the Libertarian Party. Truthfully speaking, I don't really know that much about them. I actually didn't even know uh, that Andy was the uh 
work for the Prague caucus or whatever. That's fine. Um, I really only have a problem uh, with people who come at me and my friends who are good people with kind of vicious, uh, false smears. Uh, That's really what I object to. And what I think we need in this country is a a big libertarian movement. I think we need a lot of people who believe in the goals of reducing and ultimately eliminating the state. And so what I try to do is, you know, uh, as Tom Woods uh, says, which I really love, he says enough putting people to sleep already. It's time to wake them up. And that's that's what I try to do is wake people up to these ideas and, uh, you know, be as entertaining and, uh, you know, uh, give them some good content while I do it. And Andy can continue to do what he's doing. And I'm going to continue doing what I do. I just do. I do resent it when uh, people lie about what I am, uh, what I've said and what I'm doing and try to mischaracterize me. And, And I do find it to be a very. Um, it's one thing if you want to have a battle of ideas and if I get something wrong, I mean, I'm only human, I get things wrong. Um, but it's another thing to kind of insinuate that someone's a really terrible person for having the views that they have. And I do very much resent that. Um, but aside from that, I don't really have a problem with any other groups of people in, in the Libertarian Party. I will certainly speak up when I think that the messaging coming out of the Libertarian Party is not going to result in what I want to see, which is a bigger libertarian movement in this country, which desperately needs it. Sure, because I mean, one part of Andy's criticism, other than the, the stuff we talked about the last hour or so, is was also that you have been critical of uh, mm-hmm. some of Joe Jorgensen's messaging, some of Spike Cohen's messaging when it comes to certain issues, when it comes to Black Lives Matter, when it comes to protesters. And I, I think part of what Andy b- believes, I think, is that you are more hard on the libertarians, the people that probably do agree with you on a lot more than maybe a Krista Cantwell would be, that you're harder on them and not as hard as on, say, a Christopher Cantwell and might be f- trying to find more sympathetic sympathies with their views, whereas you're going to go harder on the people that are coming at things from that libertarian banner. And, and I don't know if you even agree or disagree with that, but um, what's your what's your thoughts on just about on, yeah. on who that, you're critical of and why? What's that? Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, look, I think that if you kind of cherry pick different, you know, instances and, and random different things that I've done throughout uh, uh, my career, you can kind of paint any picture that you want to for anybody who's listening to the show. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to the show who listen to my show uh, regularly. All of them kind of know that this is in some ways a distortion of of who I am and what I actually promote. I mean, if you want to see me going hard at people, look at any of my cable news appearances where I've been on there with a war hawk. There's nobody I go at harder than the people who are promoting uh, war. Um, I'm critical of the messaging of Joe Jorgensen and Spike Cohen, but I had both of them on my podcast and I'm I also have been very complimentary when I think they're doing a good job. Uh, I also like, I didn't hate Gary Johnson. I think Gary Johnson's a pretty good guy and a, a fairly decent libertarian, but I was critical of his messaging because I didn't think it was very effective. I do. I think Bill Weld should have been nowhere near uh, that ticket. Yeah. As I said before, I have a problem with Warhawks. Um, that being said, I um, the the truth is the libertarians who I'm hard on are the ones who come at my friends and myself. Uh, aside from that, I I just don't think it's true. I mean, I heap nothing but praise on great libertarians all the time. There's a bookshelf full of libertarian literature behind me. Mm-hmm. I'm it's not a lot of I thought that was a green stuff screen. up here. <laughs> great guys, chime in with something. Yeah, go ahead. I, I hear what you're saying, Dave, about, uh, you know, I just got people who go after me and my friends and say terrible things about them. 
I, I would encourage you to reflect a little bit more about what exactly it is you're promoting to your audience and what exactly is the message you're inculcating in them when you do one of your, you know, hate uh, quote retweets and somebody immediately gets blown up with, you know, a bunch of uh, uh, frog memes and Kekistani, whatever nonsense, people yelling, soy boy, faggot, not a real man, all the rest of it. That crap is toxic. It's not what I see from other liber- in, a, in libertarian spaces. It's not what I see from libertarians. And, you know, I know we're coming up on the end here, uh, but that is that is part of my deeper objection here is that I don't when I see that kind of behavior um, and I've seen that and worse level that, you know, I mean, I mean, you want to talk about nasty personal attacks. It's not like it's not like there haven't been any thrown the other direction in this whole, you know, paleo versus the LP stuff. Um, just ridiculous stuff like Nick Sarwark's a CIA plant and all the rest of it. Um, you know, it, it's when you have an audience like you have, which I admit is, is, you know, you've got, you've got some people that listen to you. Um, I do think there's a responsibility, uh, to lead by example that comes with it. And okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you can just address Dave, okay. that. Dave, the idea sure. of, uh, if you're certain people who follow your show or whatever that might mean, or just follow you on Twitter, start saying some nasty stuff and how, how responsible a host can be for that kind of thing. And, you know, well, look, I mean, Andy, I'm sorry, but the idea that you're going on Twitter and picking a fight with me and claiming that I'm praising Holocaust deniers and that I'm alt-right. And then you're going to say, Oh, but boo hoo. When I responded to you, some people were mean to you online in my list of things, not even my list of things that people heard what I just said. And you know, this is is the difference. This is what happened. This is the situation. This is literally what happened, quite literally. And so I'm sorry. On Twitter, I mentioned no, no, you, you just, passing you as were an just, example of my yeah, disagreements right. with You were just responding to Camille Foster, a black mm. libertarian, and basically telling him that I praise Holocaust deniers and that I'm alt-right and all of these things. Okay, so if you're going to do that and then you get some shit, some mean things are said to you online, just doesn't rank very high on my list of things I give a that's, shit about. That's not what it, I if Nick's you, look, you're getting trolled, dude. That's it. I don't know what to say. We're grown men here. Grow up. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't know what to troll. say. I know you're a troll, and that's what you know. No, that's I'm not a troll. I'm having a little a conversation. I'm saying the people you were just talking about, the Kekistan people or whatever, you're being trolled online because they know, as you just proved, that it gets to you and it bothers you. We're all adults here. Let's grow up. Someone said some mean things on Twitter. It's not that big of a deal. The internet is a cesspool. Are people I mean, making fun? Flipping. Are people? It's not that big of a deal. What do you What do you care about what I said on Twitter then? Because you're lying about me, and I want to demonstrate to everybody that you can't back it up, wow. which I've done very successfully. So well, anyway, you tell if people are making day. okay. Go go show me where I praised Holocaust deniers. Anyway, if people are making fun of Nick Sarwalk for being a CIA plant, I don't know. I think most of them don't even really believe that. But Nick Sarwalk, the chairman of the Libertarian Party, came on my podcast and said, if Dick Cheney runs, you have to support him. And if Adolf Hitler runs, you probably should support him, too. If Talk that doesn't deserve getting mocked. Out of context. No, I mean, go listen to it. That's actually what he said. Uh, if that doesn't deserve to be mocked, I don't know what does. You know, there's a, this, no, I didn't. We don't need to go around a whole rabbit hole of Nick Sarwark being a CIA agent, but. 
My point is not, oh, people are mean on Twitter, how awful. My point is your audience, almost uniformly, whenever whenever you get into it with somebody with like this, they all come at it with the same soy boy, faggot, not a real man, yada, yada, nonsense. That's your audience. That's the attitude you encourage and you yourself participate in. That's not, oh, people were mean to me online, boo-hoo. That's what you're doing here. You know, you didn't like I said something about you, so you threw a fit and demanded you wanted to argue with me about it. Now, I didn't throw a fit. Dude, you made wild claims you can't back up, and I challenged you to come try to back them up. That's that's not throwing a fit. That's what men do. And I don't care. Dude, I'm sure your audience or whatever has said mean things about me online. Whatever. This is life. It's, it's pretty hard to control what people do on the internet. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're pretty damn nice here at Lions Liberty, and we we see things that you know. Oh my God! I mean, you can't control what a small percentage of your audience does. It's not a small percentage; side. it's his entire audience because he does. It's my entire audience. Set my my seventy thousand people on Twitter all tweeted at you that you're a soy boy. My entire <laughs> audience. Or the did you get fifteen to follow? The bother to interact with your tweets. Right. So fifteen people out of seventy thousand. That's not my entire audience. I think when you talk about why people in the Libertarian Party are pushing back on what you're trying to bring into it and a lot of what the rest of the Mises Caucus stuff that you've been supporting, this is what a lot of it boils down to. These people show up at our meetings and they act like this and they're dicks and they've they're bringing bad ideas, but they also just act like garbage. What do you mean by and act like this, help. Andy? It wanna, doesn't make them any friends. I just want to clarify what you mean by act like this. You mean like act like how you have been treated by some people online, or you don't? Or do you mean act like Dave today? Because I don't think anybody's the, the, the either whole, of you have been disrespectful at all. Toxic soaking in this juvenile, puerile mentality of of you know that's that's how di- the discussion should be had and that's how we should go after the designated enemies uh doesn't want them any friends it's why they've lost and it's why they'll continue to lose in the lp's internal elections mm, okay um i don't know what to say uh we've we've been doing very good in bringing a lot of people into the party and i think that that is upsetting uh, a lot of people uh you can say that people are mean or they say mean things online or they say mean things to you at the meeting i don't know that a lot of mean things said to me too it's kind of part of the game uh the internet's a cesspool i don't know what to fucking say youtube comments twitter yeah, comments well, some just people about are everyone. pumping it full of cess yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I agree. And I think it's, it's, uh, your crowd is just as guilty as anyone else of that. Uh, I think that as I, was it Michael Malice who said, or somebody said this, it's not my quote, but that the libertarian party is, uh, the highest status that many low status people reach in life. And I think that there's a lot of people who are upset by the fact that there's a lot of new people coming in and making it a little bit more difficult for this to be your home where you get to have some type of role or some type of like, you know, status in there. I mean, and yeah, that's going to ruffle some feathers. Object to your plan to take over the party and purge everybody. Big I'm not trying to purge anybody. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Okay, well, gentlemen, I don't think we're going to get much further at this point, to be quite honest with both of you. Uh, I do appreciate both your time. I do appreciate this discussion, and I'm very confident the discussion will continue on Twitter once the show is posted, probably before that. Uh, but regardless, I do thank you for both of your time. Um, I know this wasn't a, a debate in the classic sense, but I do want to at least give you guys a minute or so to just give a final word on this whole conversation. Um, Andy, I'll start with you. 
in fact, if and I don't want you to go back to the same, you know, to all the same things we discussed, but you know, I, I think if you want to make an overall point, maybe outside of Dave, about how you believe libertarians should be messaging certain issues, I give you the floor to do that. I agree with what Ludwig von Mises said when he said the liberal is in a sense a cosmopolite and the citizen of the world. It's not limited to narrow parochial concerns. And I'm paraphrasing here. I don't have the quote in front of me, but that it it is concerned with the rights and well-being and fundamental equality of rights of all persons. And that when libertarians dally around with people who deny that fundamental premise, when, when, when we are making buddy with and making common cause with people who divide up humanity and who does and doesn't have rights that we should respect that that's no that's no ally of mine and that's why i oppose the so-called paleo strategy that's why i oppose these sorts of friendly cozying up to the alt-right things and that's why i speak out against them and i will continue to do so thank you and thanks for having us on, Mark. It's your thing. And Dave, feel free to wrap up however you like. Um, okay. Well, look, I, I would just say, uh, as, as I've said several times, and it's the last time I'll say it, but I do think that, you know, there were accusations made that couldn't be backed up. And I think that the, uh, the integrity move when that happens is to acknowledge that it was at least uh, a mischaracterization of my position. I also think that all human beings have natural rights. I've never wavered on that position. I am a pure, hardcore libertarian. I think that libertarians need to be unafraid to go into controversial areas and speak the truth. I also think that this narrative that I'm like, it's a problem that I've talked to some right-wing people or that I was too friendly to them. You could, with the exact same logic, make the exact same argument that I'm pandering to the left. You could bring up when I have Jimmy Dore or Ben Burr just on my show. You could bring up my coverage of Bernie Sanders when he was uh, uh, looked like he was going to wrestle the nomination away from Joe Biden. I The truth is, I try to assess different groups of people. I try to have conversations with them, put on an interesting podcast. Anybody who listens to my podcast knows that I'm a hardcore libertarian and I am always pushing them in that direction. I think what libertarians need is a big libertarian moment. And I do. I think the worst thing that we could do is try to um, unfairly attack all of the people who have been spreading liberty the most effectively, which seems to be what one small group within the Libertarian Party likes to spend a lot of their time doing. If they're going to do it, at least be honest and uh, accurately represent what those people are saying rather than all this bullshit. And thank you very much for having me on, Mark. I appreciate it. Sure thing. And gentlemen, um, I'm not sure if you got anywhere headway wise personally, but uh, I think it's good for people to hear these conversations. And anybody that was listening can feel free to go back and listen to the podcast or read all the tweets and questions and make up their own mind. Uh, either way, I know you guys are both very passionate. I think that's that's fair. And uh, you both uh, probably do, if you broke it down, agree on way more than you know 95% of the population uh, would agree with you with. So uh, keep up what you're doing in your own way. It's been a blast having you on. Keep on roaring, folks. Thank you. All right. Hoo-wee!
kitty cats. That was that was a fun one. That was a doozy. I will say that. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Um, I would say it's a little break from the norm here, but there's hardly a norm here at this point. Uh, sometimes you get a, a motivational show with Jason Stapleton or Gary Collins like we had a few weeks ago. Sometimes you get a, a drunken look at a movie like Zardoz with what one of our patrons sent us down that rabbit hole. Sometimes you get a show like today where it's just... Two guys going at it. Two guys who, quite honestly, don't seem to like each other very much. And uh, this is all part of the Liberty family. It's all It all comes to the territory. Libertarians argue. Li- libertarians infight. And uh, you know, I, I was proud, I guess you could say, to be asked to moderate, uh, if you can say that. I, to be honest, I, I probably could have not have been here. Uh, I think that's pretty much clear from this. But I'm honored to host it here on this platform. And hope that you at least got some entertainment and some clarity about it if you're one of these people who has been concerned about these issues or thought about these issues online. Hopefully, both sides have at least laid out their case. And uh, as always, you guys can make up your own mind. Another thing you guys can make your own mind up about is whether you support this show on Patreon. But as I mentioned earlier, anybody who did so was able to get early access to this show, as well as access to all of our bonus audio content. And we do a ton here. We do the monthly conspiracy corner, a whimsical look at various conspiracies and conspiracy theories. A few weeks ago, we also did the very, very long, very, very drunk secret drinking rules drinking game. And that was moderated by our friend Chris Spangle, who actually helped set up today's show. So it really comes full circle here. Uh, Again, any support you can give us is hugely appreciated. We had just invested thanks to our patrons in brand new computers for all three of us because they were all running on fumes. So uh, that's just one of the many ways we put that money to good use uh, to continue the work that we're doing here at Lions of Liberty. And of course, it's not just me here every single Monday. He also got Brian McWilliams with his rambling mouth, his rambling raunchy mouth every single Wednesday in his week weekly shot of comedy, culture, and liberty on Electric Liberty Land. While the odious John Odie Odermatt wraps things up every single Friday with his hard-hitting look at the broken criminal justice system, Every single Friday on Felony Friday, you get all these shows for the price of one. Three for the price of one. The great thing about that, the price is free. All you got to do is hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever it is you listen to podcasts. And while you're there, why don't you leave us a five-star rating and a great review? That would be lovely of you, my friends. And if you just can't get enough Lions of Liberty out there, well, guess what? You can find us talking about some other stuff. You can hear Brian, Odie, and Rico every single week looking at trash reality TV and getting drunk while they're doing it on Bravo and Beer. You can also hear myself and young Remzo Martinez from the We Are Libertarians Network. We take a weekly dive into comic book stories, comic book characters, comic book events on the Second Print Comics podcast. So if you can't get enough of us talking about liberty, we're out there talking about other stuff, too. You can find everything we're doing wherever you find podcasts. And until next time, my friends, live long and live free.